once upon a time, very long time ago, there was a Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. And it was like set in the 90s. Stephanie was really excited about it. And we watched it in 2018. And it was pretty darn stupid. <laughs> but I did like the chick who played Buffy. What happened to her? Christy Swanson? Sure. Hello, was, vampires and slayers. She was good. This is Mixtress Ray, and I'm here with my mom. Uh, Mixtress Ray mom. Mixtress Ray. Mixtress mom. Mixtress Ray mom. And uh, we're talking about Buffy the movie, if you haven't, you know, gleaned onto that yet. So, finally, we're talking about Buffy again on What's This Bitch Talking About? Yes. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So we're going to start our movie series of me and my mom review movies. And we're starting with the Buffy movie. And we're going to rate it the same way, the same parameters that we rate the Buffy episodes. While we talk about movies. It's the Mixtress and Mixtress Ray mom. Summer O movies. Summer O movies. Yay! It's really fun looking out your windows from over here. It is nice. And the windows are wavy because yeah. they're the old glass. Yeah. It's nice. So, this movie, I'm going to look at IMDb so we can get some actual facts. 1992, written by Joss Whedon, directed by Fran Rubel Cuisi. So, is that he screwed it up? Well, in the trivia section of IMDb, let me see if I can find it again. Joss Whedon was so frustrated by how much of his vision was being mishandled and how much of it was being rewritten that he eventually left the set. In a huff. In a huff. Screenwriter Joss Whedon found Donald Sutherland extremely difficult to be around. Sutherland rewrote most of his dialogue and scenes, often making the scenes incomprehensible in Whedon's opinion. Whedon praised Sutherland's abilities as an actor, but called his behavior rude and Sutherland himself a dick. A dick. So apparently, I, th I think I can tell what he probably rewrote. Like that whole sequence where he was talking about how he was reborn a whole yeah. bunch of times. What like, was that what about? That? What does that mean? They never call him a watcher, though. He just like shows up, tells Buffy she's the chosen one. He doesn't ever say, I'm your watcher. Okay. I just thought that was interesting. So, um, David Arquette, Hilary Swank, Paul Rubens, Donald Sutherland, David Arquette, Luke Perry, Christy Swanson, who played Buffy. What happened to her? She did a good job. Yeah, she was really cute. And she knew gymnastics. That was fun. She did a lot of her own stunts, I think. That was fun. She was in Ferris Bueller? I don't remember that. Dude, where's my car? Dude. Where's your car, dude? Where's your car, dude? So, yeah. She's been in lots of things. Most recently, something called Bad Stepmother, a TV movie. Hmm. So, the Buffy universe in the movie is a little different, but I mean, you can still tell that Joss wrote it, mostly. You know, it's still 
got the little funny moments. You know, the way that Buffy talks to people is still very similar. That was very similar. Um, the whole thing with the birthmark and the cramps. What was that about? I don't know. Cramps was stupid. She got cramps every time she saw a vampire. So she had to get ready to fight and she's having cramps. That like, just doesn't what? make sense. No. <laughs> that doesn't help. <laughs> I mean, she could have another kind of feeling. Just a psychic sense without having to have cramps. That's just stupid. I wish that Joss Whedon hadn't been so butthurt about the movie. Because, you know, it was like he just never... They just never refer to anything that happened before in the show. You know, like, she never talks about her first watcher, Merrick, ever. She would have been upset by his death, and she would have thought about it sometimes. Oh, she didn't even know him. She shouldn't have been upset. Well, it's a movie, so everything has to happen faster. It's ridiculous. And she never talks about, you know, her big hairy mole. Or, mm -hmm. or she talks about burning down the gym, but she didn't burn down the gym. Well, maybe that was later. So, okay. The movie opens with an extended cheerleading sequence. Yes, it was quite extended. To CNC <laughs> Music Factory song. It wasn't even that exciting. Dance to the kid, dance to the kid, dance, no. I know they kept doing the same moves over yeah. and over, and I thought, oh my God, this is still going. <laughs> this is still happening. And you know I love a dance scene. Yeah, that was not a dance scene. It wasn't, there wasn't enough choreography for it to be good. I thought it was cool that her and her, like, you know, lackey friends... They were talking about what movie to go see, and they were debating, well, they don't even have TH THX or Dolby, so they care about high-fidelity sound. Excellent. <laughs> THX. And even Pike, who, like, supposed to be, like, a poor guy, right? He had that great stereo. Yeah, that was cool. Everybody had a great stereo in the 90s. Yeah. <clears throat> Everybody had good sound, and then they decided they didn't care about good sound anymore. What's up with that? I just don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Where did we go wrong? We went wrong somewhere. With MP3s? No, that was not wrong. I don't know what happened. <clears throat> so she's having, in the beginning of the movie, she's having dreams that she is different slayers. It's always her, just in different period outfits with her big hairy mole. And then she meets Merrick, who tells her she's the chosen one, and convinces her to go to the graveyard. And she immediately slays two vampires like she's done it all her life. And then, ugh, Donald Sutherland does that mustache flick. Ugh, right before he throws the knife at her and she catches it. Right before it hits her in the eye. Well, the knife throwing part was good, the Stupid mustache thing. It was awful. I wanted to throw up. Yeah, it was really bad. That must have been the moment where Joss ran out in the huff. <laughs> <laughs> and then he went and found Anthony Stewart head to be Giles. And everything was right with the world. Yeah. Um, and then she had that speech. Where she just, after she caught the knife, she was saying, so you just come in here you don't do anything. You make me do all the work, and then you throw things at me and tell me I'm a part of the Harry Mole Club. And she stabs the knife down between his legs on the bench. That was good. That was good. And then he makes his whole, I, I'm reborn. Every lifetime is the same. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah
What are your notes? Have you said mm. any of your notes yet? No, I didn't know I was supposed to take notes. Oh, we well, have notes. Well, I have notes of my the answers to my to your okay. questions. Well, that's fine. That's all I have. Okay. Because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a bad the guest. I'm a bad Buffy the fan. The guest doesn't have to take notes. Yes. I have to take notes so I can you know remember what the fuck happened in what order. You're the Buffy whore. Yeah. I'm so a, I'm a sub Buffy whore, <laughs> like a sub god. Sub god. Like one of those sub gods. A demigod? Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting that they had the, like, hapless principal. Kind he of was like, good. I like him. like Principal Flutie, the first principal. Remember they got eaten by hyenas? No. Yeah, well, he wouldn't really remember. <laughs> well, he was a good actor for that, though. I, yeah. I enjoyed him. Handing out detention slips to the slayed vampires. Yeah. Which did not dust. Yeah, that was sad. Yeah. But at least they didn't have those scary wrinkly foreheads. They just had weirdo ears. Yeah, and they had like shiny red lipstick or something. Yeah. I think that was supposed to look like blood. I think it was lip gloss. <laughs> it was very juicy. Yeah. Um, I, I noticed as the movie went on, like she first started by wearing a lot of, a lot of polka dots, a lot of really bright colors, mixing a lot of colors together. And then as the movie went on, she started wearing more earth tones. Started dressing more drab and serious because she's serious slayer now. And I loved all of her outfits, all of the bright, shiny spandex and polka dots. So yeah. cute. <clears throat> yeah. So cute, 1992. The basketball coach guy was pretty funny. Yeah, he was funny. <laughs> Obviously, a psychology teacher. Something. Coaching the basketball team. Assert your personhood. Actualize. <laughs> he didn't know how to read the, like, play sheet or whatever it's called. I wouldn't know how to read it either. How do you think that made me feel <laughs> when you didn't come to practice? <laughs> Which to sit down and think about how that made me feel. Um, so where are we at this point? What's happening? So there's Pike. I guess we haven't introduced him yet. Luke Perry's character, the love interest. He's just sort of a towny guy. And he somehow cares about fighting evil for just no reason. And maybe just because his best friend got turned into a vampire, which is David Arquette. And so he, she has to save him at some point. So then he's, he's making stakes for her and shit. She doesn't want to accept that she's a slayer. Um... My next note is, want to get some real power between your legs? Uh-huh. So she steals a motorcycle. <laughs> Thank the you. Guy, the guy on the motorcycle? Yeah, I do. <laughs> kicks him off and takes his bike. Excellent. So those little moments are very buffy. You know, like when the guy grabbed her ass and she threw him. That was good. That was very good. I enjoyed that. I didn't like the bitch calling. Yeah. That's really that's really, bad. They really just saved that for the end. Or the Lothos vampire. Who, if he's like from the Middle Ages, and he looks like he's from the Middle Ages, why would he be calling somebody a bitch? Like, just doesn't seem like... Why well, would he call her? I don't know. From the Middle Ages. <laughs> you winch. Yeah. I just don't... I don't know. I have to go get Batty. Okay. Carry on. 
Okay, I'm returning to the IMDb trivia. This was Hillary Swank's first film. Buffy's last name is never mentioned in the movie. So we don't get her last name until the TV show. The violin melody played by Lothos near the end of the movie is Schumann's Piano Quintet in E-flat. Allegro Brillante on the violin. Joss Whedon maintains that this movie should be considered standalone and that any of the events, characters, or character traits in the movie should not be referred to as canon for the television series. Really, really hates this movie. Well, I can see where he's coming from. <laughs> it's pretty fun, though. Paul Rubens was fun. Yeah. So the big bad, Lothos, he... We first, he first meets Buffy. He's, where are they? Are they in like a carnival or something? Yeah. Because he like presents himself under this giant Pegasus statue. That was pretty funny. Yeah. So this is the scene where Merrick dies because he told her before that, you know, he's reborn every time and he can't, he can't ever even, ever interfere, even if he thinks this one is special. Whatever. And then he interferes when Merrick's about to, Lothos is about to bite Buffy, and then he gets killed. So do you suppose he made that lineup, Donald Sutherland? About interfering? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Uh, did, I, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm apparently, down with that. Apparently he's a dick. But I did like what he said when he was dying. You do everything wrong. Do it wrong. Don't play our game. I think that's good advice for life. Yes, it is. Do it wrong. Just do it. Um, then she like tries to quit being a slayer. She decides to go shopping or something for the dance because her friends are mad at her. And they yelled at her. And... Pike is like, what? You, you have a duty. She says, well, I'm the chosen one, and I choose to go shopping. There you go. <laughs> um, then they're at the dance, which is the last part of the movie, and she's wearing, the, she's wearing like the Prophecy Girl type outfit, the last episode of season one, when she wore the pretty white dress and the black leather jacket. And, had and she died. And she died. And Lothos is kind of like the master. Yeah. You know, he like enthralls her. And she almost dies in this too. Yeah. So, I guess Joss Whedon just redid this movie as season one of Buffy. So she's wearing the white dress. She's got the black leather jacket. She's wearing white fishnets and these really cute white leather boots. They're really cute. She wasn't wearing fishnets. Yeah. No. In the close-ups, once she, it rips off the bottom part of her dress, they're they, white. They looked like light blue tights. Well, it might have been two pairs of tights because it looked like maybe light blue, but then there was white fishnets over it. Okay. You could see the texture every once in a while when they showed a close-up of her legs. Pike passes out a lot. Pike passed, get it? <laughs> 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 Um, he's supposed to be real cute, but you don't think so. Oh, man, he is so not cute. And they said this this was his first big film, Luke for Luke Perry. Yeah, 
Well, because he was on 90210, and everybody already thought he was a big heartthrob at that point, I think. Blah. He's no Charlie Puth. <laughs> you, didn't, you haven't made out with him in your dreams yet? No, I have not. <laughs> he looks so old, and I looked up how old he was. He was only 26. He had the forehead wrinkles of a much older man. <laughs> yeah, well, he was doing the James Dean thing. Mm. That's it. That's the end of my notes. Wow. That so, was a whole movie's worth of notes. That was a whole movie. We've only been talking for 16 minutes. That's amazing. It's pretty bad. Well, pretty bad movie. It was bad? Yeah, it was pretty bad. You didn't like it? Uh, no, I did not like it. But I think I needed to see it. Yeah. Because it was definitely Buffy's personality. Yeah. And I was worried about seeing someone other than Sarah Michelle Gellar playing Buffy. And I was pleased that she was very good. Yeah. And she didn't look stupid when she was doing her acrobatics because, you know, Buffy looks pretty stupid as the stunt girl with the bad wigs. Yeah. Doing well, stuff. I... I'm sure the movie had a much bigger budget than individual episodes of the show did. She was, Christy Swanson was pretty good. I thought the the montages were good, the fighting montages, even the fight scenes were pretty good. There was like an understated score, so it wasn't like, you know, terrible score like it usually is in the show <laughs> while they're fighting. I hate, yeah. the, I hate the scary music when people are fighting. Yeah, they didn't overdo the fight scenes, so that was good. So, are we ready for our ratings then? Yes, please. So, what is your object of desire? The object of the desire, I thought about the stereo, but that's just because I would give you the receiver, because you want the stereo. <laughs> Thought about the eyelet pillowcase, but that's just because I would give it to you. Because eyelet instead of crochet. I yes. don't want the eyelet. I want a crochet pillowcase. I understand this, but you're still going to have... I want to wake up with crochet pattern. You're going to have a crochet pattern on your face, and that's just ridiculous. <laughs> so I decided I would like the chairs in the gym. I don't even remember the chairs in the, the gym. The wooden chairs that fold up, and she broke one in half to stab the dude... Yeah. In the heart. And they were they were the really cool blonde wood. Yeah. And with a you know, kind of a padded seat, probably covered in green vinyl. At school? At school in the gym for the prom. I know, but I mean they got chairs that fancy in the school gym. Oh they certainly did in this movie. <laughs> so I want the chairs in the gym. <laughs> they did have a very innovative use of staking. Staked Paul Rubens with the ruler. Yeah. A guitar was yes. used as a stake. Chairs. The flagpole thing. Mm -hmm. Chairs. Very innovative. The soul of Buffy is there in Christy Swanson's Buffy. I remember the previews from 1992. I, her catching that knife. They showed that in every single preview. I was very excited about it. Yeah, I love that. And I didn't watch the show until season three because I thought... You're a snob. I thought, that's going to be stupid. It's not going to be as good as the movie. Well, that's what I did with Star Trek The Next Generation. Boy, <gasps> was I wrong. 
I waited till it came on reruns after school. You didn't even see it until it was already done? I did not even see it until it was already done. Whoa. Well, it went on for so long. You didn't see it till like the 90s? Yeah, sometimes I just have to let things fester oh. out in the ether. I guess they got that from you. Yep. <sighs> Come by it honestly. Didn't watch Buffy until it's stupid Jason. Sometimes liked good things. Well. Sometimes assholes can like good things. That's true. <laughs> Doesn't mean they're not assholes. True. My object, hands down, knew it before I started watching it, the yellow leather jacket. Oh no, but it needs to be Buffy Blue. I like it yellow. Oh I mean, my if gosh. it's going to be for Buffy, Sarah Michelle Gellar's Buffy, it should be Buffy Blue, but. I just have always thought about that yellow leather jacket. Really? Yeah. It's so last year. <laughs> so, 30 minutes ago. All the Valley Speak in this movie was pretty funny. Which brings me to my quote, which is, Take a chill lozenge. That's really good. <laughs> What's yours? I wrote that down. I have, I have some quotes. Okay. I liked when Buffy said, what are you doing here? This is a naked place. <laughs> when he was in the yeah, locker room. why did he show up in the girl's locker room? Because he's a creep. Yep. It's very creepy. And then, of course, what Paul said. Paul Rubens. I'll get you, Buffy, and your little dog, too. <laughs> and admit it, Buffy. Aren't there times when you just feel less than fresh? <laughs> less than fresh. Less than fresh. <laughs> Paul Rubens. Yes, there are many times <laughs> when I feel less than fresh. Well, that's a good transition into who's your most valuable player? Paul Rubens. Yep, me too. Really? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he was just, he knew what this movie was. He knew that it was cheesy and he just leaned right into it. And you died. ruined my jacket. Kill him a lot. <laughs> It was gross when when he was trying to be scary. That was stupid. When was he ever trying to be scary? Oh, you know, when he jumped on the van and he was, you know. There was a lot of hissing. Yeah. These were like Nosferatu hissing type vampires. Hissing and laughing. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> the subtitles like, get every <laughs> ha in there. Ha 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 ha. Paul Rubens just stole this movie. Very good. Uh, uh, uh. I think he's gone. Then he's back. Uh. Well, it takes a long time to die from ruler. Yeah, <laughs> when you don't turn to dust. So we did quote, object, what about outfit? Well, I had to think long and hard about this. I really like that one sweater that had all the designs on it. But I'm going to have to pass on that. Was it the, the curly-headed, the meek girls sweater? It was one of the girls. They kind of had when a rolling... they were sitting on the gym floor? Rolly collar. Yeah, it must have been. But I'm going to go with the light blue 50s corset-like top that was really fitted, and it looked like Marilyn Monroe would mm. wear it. Yes, yeah. light blue. That was like a, a very 90s bodysuit. With, like, the cut under the boobs. Yes, but it was cotton. Yeah. 
And she was, wasn't she the one with the multicolored shorts? Yes. Okay, so that's the outfit. Okay. The multicolored shorts. The high-waisted 90s color block only I'm with the need, rolled cuffs. With the rolled cuffs. Only I'm going to need those rolled cuffs around my knees, not <laughs> my upper thighs. Okay. You can do mid-thighs. Nope, can't do mid-thighs. They're going down to my knees. <laughs> you don't need that. Your so legs I, are skinnier than mine. I need those shorts and, you know, like surfer shorts. What do yeah. they call those? Board shorts. Board shorts. There you go. Surfer board. You know, you get it. Well. And, yes. Yeah. What's your outfit? Uh, well, I really like her dress at the end. Oh, it was too, it was too busty. Yeah, it was real busty. They basically just pushed the entirety of her boobs out the top. I think part of her stomach was coming out the top. <laughs> but, um... And all of her back fat was pushed around to the front. Yeah, well, that's what you're supposed to do, man. She was coming out of there, man. Turn that back into boob! Back fat into boob fat. So I think that's probably the most iconic outfit, but I really like... Hillary Swank, when she's sitting on the floor of the gym, she's wearing black cotton bodysuit scoop neck with the daisies on it. I love those daisies. She had the super dangly earrings that were metal, like outlines of daisies. They were big. And she had... It was like three daisies hanging in a row, and they yeah. were huge. Yeah. And then she had <laughs> yellow. They were the same kind of shorts that you would want, but they were just all yellow. They were the... High waisted, cuffed. Yeah. She had a big black belt like everybody used to do in the nineties. It's a good outfit. Yeah, I thought about that daisy top, but I also thought about what I would look like in it, so I decided to go for something that I would even look worse in. Why would you look bad <laughs> in the daisy top? It just wouldn't work. <laughs> sure it would. Um Yeah. So I guess that's time for our 5 by 5 So I think how we should do the 5 by 5 ratings, instead of trying to do that whole clarity bullshit that I tried there's to no, do. There's no clarity of message. No. <clears throat> I think the 5 by 5 in Mixtress Ray and Mixtress Ray's mom ratings should be my score of how much I liked it times your score of how much you liked it. Just enjoyability? Yeah. Okay. 2.5. 2.5. Out of 5. Hmm. Wasn't horrible. Wasn't wonderful. It was just okay. Just okay. I uh, think I'll give it. I'll take your two point five and give it another point five just for nostalgia factor, since I have been watching it since nineteen ninety two. So you give it a three. A three. So well, why don't you give it three point five so we can? No, I I can't do math. I'm bringing up the calculator. Oh, she's such a good girl. 2.5 times 3. So it gets a 7.5. 7.5? Yep. That's not very much. Nope. Wait, did I do that right? I know. Did I times it? Yeah, I did. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so do we have any final thoughts? For Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie. Well, I'm glad it's over. Oh. <laughs> and that I have now seen it. 
We've done it. I can't believe I've never made you watch it. She didn't burn down the gym, so she must have done that over the summer. Yeah. So, we know that no one was hurt because it was in the summertime. Then she moves to Sunnydale. I wish that we had more flashbacks or something in the show of her actual origin story. We never get anything of her origin story unless we watch the movie, which Joss thinks we shouldn't. Well, I don't blame him. Um, I did see in the trivia, Joss Whedon's original vision of the script was eventually released in comic form as The Origin. So I have not heard of that. So I want to find that. So it's a comic book? Yes. There you go. So you can see how that contrasts with the movie. So if I can get a hold of that like soon, then I might just end this podcast episode with me talking about that. There you go. Or, or this might be it. So if this is it, that means I couldn't find it in time to release this with so it. So maybe you can talk about that in two weeks. Maybe. I probably won't have that much to say about it. I don't know. You seem to have a lot to say. <laughs> Which is a good thing. The radio show is going to be long tomorrow night because I talk too much. Well, do it wrong. <laughs> All right, everybody. Do it wrong. We'll see you next time. Did we talk about that? Being a quote in the movie? Yeah. Should we do it again? Did we talk about it? Yes. I liked it. I said I liked it. You do everything wrong. Do it wrong. Don't play our game. You go, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye. I'm back, vampires and flares. I was starting to think that I wasn't going to get these comics in time because I wanted to uh, make sure and I want to be consistent with my every two weeks on Saturday over the summer schedule for this podcast. So, um, Last minute, I got the, I ordered the comics off of eBay, the origin comics, the ones that are, that Joss Whedon says is the real origin story of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And it's a series of three comics. They came out in 1999. Um, they just got here today, thankfully. So I just read them and took some notes and, um, I, I don't think I'm going to have a whole lot to say about it. Um, but I thought it, you know, it'd be good to contrast what the, like, official Joss Whedon-sanctioned canon version of Buffy is with the movie that came out in 1992. So, um, at first I was, like, when I first opened the first issue and I was looking at it, I was like, I was looking at all the writers and none of the writers are listed as Joss Whedon. So I, if my first note was, why does Joss credit this as a real origin story? Like, did I pick the wrong one? Is this not the right thing? But then I saw the words, based on the television series created by Joss Whedon and adapted from his original screenplay. So that's why he thinks that this is the real origin story, because it's adapted from his original screenplay for the movie. So it's more true to his version of the story. First, just as a side note, I have to mention that the art, I mean, okay, let's see, who did the art? Penciler, letterer, inker, cover. Bunch of dudes. Joe Bennett, Ken Bruzenak is the letterer, and Rick Ketchum is the inker. But Joe Bennett is the penciler and the cover. 
the cover is a picture of Sarah Michelle Gellar, so it must be some other cover that they're talking about. Um, the art is very... That's my problem with comic books in general, is I have to like the art to want to read it. Or it has to be Buffy. Because I read a lot of Buffy comics, and I do not often like the art because I'm very picky. The art is kind of gratuitous at times. They Buffy is drawn as being very much bigger chested than she really is. Like her her body proportions are not sorry my dogs are um around so you're gonna hear them rustling around. Um I, you know, it's, they tr kind of tried to make her face look like Sarah Michelle Gellar, but it's just a particular quibble with me when I'm reading Buffy comics is, you know, they, they have to get it right, you know, cause they're basing, the comics are based on the TV show. So they need to get, they're drawing real people and they need to get it right. And this artist, Joe Bennett does not get it right in my opinion it's really, it, it really lessened my enjoyment of it. So just, that's the first note that I have to say. Um, so Amelin, the character, I might be saying that wrong, but the character that was the Pee Wee Herman character, Paul Rubens character in the movie is different in this. He's not as much of a star. Like, if you're directly comparing characters, uh, Paul Rubens really brings to life this character in a way that the art can't do in this comic, since the art is bad, as I've mentioned. Um, okay, let me. I'm just going to kind of flip through the comics and look at my notes at the same time, because I didn't actually take a lot of notes. There is a lot, there are a lot of scenes in this series of comics, this series of three comics basically just goes through the events that happened in the movie. There are a lot of scenes that are similar, such as that scene in the movie theater when we're first introduced to Pike's character. Um, that scene is pretty similar. Um, Buffy does have an obnoxious boyfriend and some of the scenes are the same as they were in the movie. The scene with, like, where Buffy's mom and dad were leaving town or whatever, that scene is slightly different because the boyfriend isn't there. She's just at home alone watching a Dracula movie or something whenever her parents leave. And Joyce is called Joyce, so that's nice. But the dad character doesn't look anything like Hank. Like, they didn't even try. It's just... And there's like mentioning something about a jaguar. So like the weird richness of Buffy's parents in the movie is still present in these comics, but that, I don't know. I feel like there's some inconsistencies because obviously the, um, the writers of the comic, which I didn't even mention who the writers are. I have it right here. So writers are Daniel Brereton and Christopher Golden. Christopher Golden writes a lot of stuff for Buffy. So I, I trust him, but they, they had some challenges, you know, because they had to try to connect the TV series to the movie 
while staying true to Joss's original screenplay script. So they had, you know, some things that they had to work around, and it's just kind of clumsy the way that it's done in a lot of areas. Um, so anyway, she's still having the dreams about the past slayers and all that shit. Um, there's still the scene where she, like, cuts up the hot dog of Pike's friend who is being obnoxious. Um, oh, I just have to note, because these are the comics that I bought, there are different versions of them. Of course, they've been re-released with different covers over the years since they first came out in 1999. But the ones I got were the original releases from 1999, and the covers are just like promo shots of Sarah Michelle Gellar as Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So they're delightfully cheesy. The um, the ads inside the comics are so much fun, you guys. I like them more than the comics. Like selling old, you know, late 90s era t-shirts and keychains and shot glasses. And there's one t-shirt in particular that I just love. That image that is the cover image of my podcast of Buffy, like in the doorway with the stake in her left hand. Um, it's that image, but it's got like this funky, it, like the wall is turned into a heart and like there's this chain going around it. And it says in every generation, a slayer is born. And it's just really cool. It's like purple and dark, dark blue. And it's, it's just a really cool image. And it was a t-shirt. I doubt that that still exists, but I would love to have it. If only I could order this shot glass and that awesome and that awesome t-shirt, I would totally do it. Buffy the Vampire Slayer t-shirt, $16 each. Medium, large, and extra large. Um, another thing that I would like to note, in the movie there were, like, one of her, like, group of friends slash lackeys was a black girl. And I thought, hey, that's great. <laughs> I think there were also some like background characters and extras that might have been black in the movie. Still, terrible representation of people of color. But the comics, it's even worse. Like, I don't think there's a single person of color in these comics. None of her friends. Um, the very first shot of Pike and his friend Benny, I thought maybe Pike was a person of color, but he's not either. It was just the lighting. Um, then they have the scene where Buffy is called. So they, in this scene, I think it's the one instance where they did a pretty good job mixing the two storylines. So the like, um, the flashback from becoming part one where you see her like sucking on the lollipop sitting on the steps outside of school and she gets called by Merrick. They have that, but they also sort of morph it into the scene from the movie where he is telling her that they need to go to the cemetery and all that shit. So that part was done well. Um, Merrick is obviously a different character in the comics because that was the main difference, the main point of contention for Joss Whedon was he did not like Donald Sutherland. He thought he was an asshole and he kept changing his lines and, and um, he was just bad for that part. 
And it really makes me sad because I think the movie does a lot of things better than this comic. And if Donald Sutherland wasn't involved in the movie, if someone else was cast as Merrick, I think, and then Joss wouldn't have stormed off set and he could have had more creative control if he hadn't thrown a fit or whatever the fuck he did. He could have had more creative control and he could have ended up being proud of his work. And Buffy the movie maybe could have been a better origin for Buffy the TV show. However, if Donald Sutherland hadn't been such a jerk and Joss hadn't stormed off set, would he ever... I mean, if he had been happy with the movie, would he have made the TV show? Or would he just have been, yay, I told that story that I wanted to tell. It was a great movie and then move on. Because if he moved on and we didn't have Buffy the show, then I'm glad it all happened the way that it did. So let's just stop that thought process from there before I babble about that for too long. So she slays two vampires in the cemetery pretty quickly, just like in the movie. And that's pretty much the end of issue one. So again, I'm just flipping through. What else are in, what, what else is in my notes? Lothos is different in this, in the comics. He is more of a like redheaded Dracula type. Like he's very sexy with long red hair and braids. And like, he's like the only person in the comics that kind of looks good. Um, so I could see why he is kind of alluring. Um, oh, that whole thing, like with the mole that the, that all the slayers had from the movie that she got removed. That wasn't a plot point at all in the comics. That whole thing where she got cramps before she encountered a vampire, that was not a thing in the comics. So those are probably two things that were changed on the set of the movie from the original screenplay. Okay, let's get into issue two. God, this art is so bad, you guys. One thing I thought was strange, the whole scene, like the best scene from the movie, um, she still says, this is a naked place when Merrick comes to talk to her in the locker room after she like stood him up and went to cheerleading practice instead of meeting him like she was supposed to. Instead of throwing a knife at her, he throws some kind of like throwing star, but it looks like a swastika. It's very strange. Like when it's going through the air, it looks like a swastika. So like I thought, okay, maybe it just like looks like that while it's moving and it's just like a throwing star of some kind. But then after the shot where she stops it with her hand, like in the movie, but in the movie it was a knife, it's, you know, it's stopped and it still has those jagged edges. So it just looks like a throwing star in the shape of a swastika. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Does that... Is that like a weird little thing that the artist put in there because the artist is racist? I mean, that might, that is an explanation that I would accept because he obviously, the way that he draws women is very sexist. There aren't any people of color anywhere to be seen. And then there's a swastika throwing star. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm probably reading too much into that, but like, what the fuck is up with that? Um, 
Then there's the scene, the training montage, which was done better in the movie because you can have music. Okay? I like the training montage in the movie. Oh, there's this funny little shot where Buffy goes to goes into a church and asks a priest to bless her six-pack of Perrier water. <laughs> I thought that was cute. Um, just a cute little moment. The scene in the guidance counselor's office where she, like, spits the tack out at a fly and kills it and while he's talking about tripping acid on acid, that's all the same. Um, the scene with Pike's friend Benny after he turned into a vampire, like... Lurking outside his window, that part's the same. They didn't change. I don't think they changed a lot of Joss Whedon's screenplay. I think they just changed details that really bothered him. So I'm glad he was bothered again because we got the TV show out of it. So that's great. This comic wouldn't even exist right now if he had been happy with the movie. Which, that part would be fine. But <laughs> um, Lotho still calls her a bitch. Which I think is out of character for somebody that's been around since, like, the 10th century or whatever the fuck. Like, why would he be calling people bitch? I don't know. For some reason, that just bugs me. The cute little moment where um, Merrick says, responds to Buffy saying that she's different than other slayers because, she, because of her keen fashion sense. And then he says, vampires of the world, beware. And then Buffy says, Merrick, you made a joke. Do you want to lie down? I know it hurts the first time. Um, that was a cute scene in the movie, and it's still in the comics. In fact, that's the only panel. I think I'm going to put it in my Instagram feed, which, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned this before because I just created it recently. I now have an Instagram for the Buffy podcast, and it is... Um, I couldn't use the name What's This Bitch Talking About because it was too long. So I just used the name Mixtress Buffy. But I think you can find it by searching Watch this, What's This Bitch Talking About too, because I was able to have that as like my secondary name. So I think you can search by either of those terms. Um, so Mixtress Buffy would be M-I-X-T-R-E-S-S-B-U-F-F-Y. And um, I think I'm going to put the, a picture of this panel of, of her, you know, him making, Merrick making the joke and her responding because it's kind of a cute little panel where she's got her hood up and she just looks cute or she doesn't normally look cute because I just went through each of the three comics before I pressed record because I was like, okay, I want to put one of these, like a picture of one of these panels on, on the Instagram page. But I like had a really hard time finding any pictures because all of the like fight action type panels in the comic are very gratuitous. Oh my god, the shots of her boobs in like the outfit, the the dress that she goes to the dance in are so gross. Anyway, we'll talk more about that when we get there. Um the scene where um her boyfriend's friend like grabs her ass and she slams him up against the locker, that's pretty much the same. Um the vampires in the comic are drawn like like Nosferatu type vampires, like when whenever they switch into vamp face, they're um, they're green, they're red eyed, they are very gruesome looking. Um, he still Pike still takes off the arm of the Pee Wee Herman character Amelin, or however you say it, 
again, everything is pretty much like the movie, only slightly different. So that comic ends with Merrick dying. It happens a little differently in the comics. Um, and I think in the comics, Lothos just kills him. But in, um, I don't even remember actually. Does he kill himself in the movie? Does he like stab himself with a knife? No, I think Lothos stabs him. Anyway, in the comics, he shoots himself with a gun to avoid being killed by Lothos. So that's the end of origin number two. There's an ad for Beavis and Butthead. Do you? Was that a movie <laughs> on the back of the comics? Um, I don't remember that one. Okay. Then um, there's a different colorist in issue three. Is that the same with issue two? Sorry, I'm, I'm being like stupid about... No, he's in issue two. So they had like more artists in issues two and three than they did in the first one, whatever. Doesn't matter. Okay. So the third issue starts with um, some scenes that we didn't get to see in the movie. She's um, sort of just being sad um, after Merrick dies. So that's a nice scene to have in there, just to have her like actually, I don't know. I guess there was the scene in the movie where she was crying and Pike was trying to comfort her, but Pike isn't there in this moment. She's by herself, which I think is more characteristic of Buffy. She just went back to like the warehouse where he was staying and she's just being sad in a few panels. Then there's that scene where everybody, her friends are decorating for the dance and she's trying to explain what's been going on with her lately, but they're just like not having it. Again, all her friends are white. Uh, <laughs> Okay, now they're at the dance, and she's wearing Buffy Blue at the dance. Mom, you'll be happy to hear that. Um, but whatever you're imagining in your head of her wearing Buffy Blue and uh, her signature cross necklace is going to be better than what it actually looks like. So I'm not going to burden you with those images. So just whatever you're imagining is way better because, God, they're drawing her. Like, the cut of the dress isn't bad. It's very early 90s. And it's Buffy Blue, like I said, but they just made her boobs look like D cups and her waist is like half the size of her boobs. And it's just not what Sarah Michelle Gellar looks like. I don't know. It's just a, whatever. So she's at the dance. All of, a lot of that happens pretty much the same way that it did in the movie, except that it ends with her burning down the gym, which is alluded to in, in a few different moments in the Buffy series. And in I was surprised in the movie, like, because it's alluded to so many times in the Buffy series, and I remembered there being lots of pandemonium in the gym. I just, I remembered it as being burned down when I was watching the movie, but it didn't. But in, um, in the comics it does, I'm trying to see how it happened. That, like, moment in the movie where she sprays hairspray and lights it on fire to fight Lothos, that happens, and then the fire, she just keeps going with that. Like, she uses the whole can of hairspray. 
and the lighter and she just ends up burning down the gym and that's how she defeats everybody. And this is where it starts to get a little different. The, you get to see some of the aftermath of, you know, there's like the scene with her friends. They're like by a pool and they're talking about her. Oh my God, what happened to Buffy? I heard she moved to a South American country. I heard that blah, blah, blah. And they, they get the exposition out that like, She's going to be moving out of town. She was expelled. Her parents got divorced. So her friends know that much, at least. So you get to see that, you know, kind of the transition between end of the movie Buffy and TV series Buffy that we know and love. And then there's some shots of her and Pike patrolling in Las Vegas. I don't know why they are throwing this in there that like they went to Las Vegas together or something, whatever. Which is so weird when you think about like, at this point she would have been a freshman in high school and Joyce let her just like go on some trip to Las Vegas with Pike, who looks very old in these comics. Like his hair's kind of gray. I mean, he doesn't, like, he looks like he's probably just in his 20s, but his hair is gray, which is confusing. I don't know. Just a lot of really strange things. And then the very last page is just Buffy, Giles, Willow, and Xander hanging out in the library eating. And she's like, so now you know my sordid past. It is so ancient history. And then Willow says, it was only a year ago. And that's it. <laughs> so we're supposed to think, okay, this whole thing was just Buffy telling them. This is how they're connecting it back to Buffy, the TV series. And I understand that the writers had, you know, they had uh, a challenge to try to take Joss's original screenplay and morph it together with the TV series and not piss Joss off. Um, and they, they did the best they could, I guess. I just, I think I would have liked it a lot more if the art would have been good, really, honestly. And if Joss Whedon had somehow been involved in the writing process, he could have possibly... I mean, I guess he was involved in the writing process because it's a bunch from his original screenplay, but it just seemed really clunky. I don't know. So originally, the, the back of the third issue, I just have to note, is an ad for The Matrix, the first movie. Um, this issue, the third issue of Origin came out, it said at the end of the first issue, March 10th, 1999. So that was the same year that The Matrix came out. So the ad is really, it's really nice. It's just like the little, it's like a baby in a pod. And you know, it says Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne. It does not say Carrie Ann Moss's name, which it really should. And then it says The Matrix has you on March 31st. Be afraid of the future. What is the Matrix.com? I wonder if that that domain still exists. So I am glad that I have this series of comics since it is an important part of the Buffy storyline. 
However, I don't think it was worth the, like, I think I paid $20 for it, including shipping. Um, I don't think it was worth that, but I was pretty excited about it. At first, I thought I was going to rate it, rate the comic series the same way that I rate the Buffy episode. So I was going to pick my favorite quote, my favorite outfit, my favorite object, my most valuable player, and all that shit. But I just, I don't think I'd have enough to say. I don't know what the quote would be. Um, there definitely weren't any good outfits because the drawing was just so bad. I couldn't call any of those outfits good. There was same same thing with the object. You know, I don't want anything that's drawn badly in my life. Okay. Most valuable player. I mean, I guess it's Buffy. It has to be Buffy for the origin of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's it. Buffy has to be. My five by five ratings. Um, let's just say since I only did one rating for the movie and it was a three, the comics, oh, simply because I think the execution of the writing, trying to tie these worlds together was very clunky. And because, um, the art was so bad. I mean, I get that this is more true to Joss's vision than the movie, but I definitely enjoy this series of comics way less than I enjoy the movie. So I'm going to give it a two. And that's me being generous, actually. Um, yeah, for all the reasons that I've already stated, I would just be relisting things that I don't like about this comic. So I'm going to go ahead and stop there. <laughs> really shouldn't have talked about it for 28 minutes because it was just not very good. So I'm going to go ahead and edit this together so I can get it up for you guys. Um, I hope that it was at least an interesting discussion. I have this series of comics now, obviously, so any of you that know me, you can borrow them if you want to see for yourself how the origin story of Buffy goes. Um, a good read to at least know the context. You know, as a Buffy fan, I needed to read these comics, and the fact that I didn't even know they existed until now is pretty sad, <laughs> considering they came out 19 years ago. <laughs> um, but I probably will just keep them in my collection and I kind of doubt I will read them again. I mean, someday I'll be like, oh yeah, what was this again? And then I'll read it and go, oh yeah, <laughs> this was terrible. <laughs> but it'll take me at least 10 years to forget that it's terrible before I read it again. Um, so yeah. Thank you so much for listening. My mom and I will be back with another movie review two weeks from the day that this episode comes out. So, I mean, if I want to give you actual dates, I could do that for you guys right now. Let me check my check the calendar. What is today? Today is the 16th of June as I post this. So my mom and I will be back on the 30th of June with another movie review. I'm not sure what we're going to do next. I know we're going to review Arrival and The Long Kiss Goodnight at some point. Those are like the two movies that we've both said for sure we have to get those in. So most likely one of those will be next. Probably The Matrix too. That's probably also a pretty sure bet. Um, 
So yeah, stay tuned. Um, please follow the new Buffy podcast Instagram. It's under Mixtress Buffy. Also, you can find it by looking up what's this bitch talking about. So on there, um, I'm not going to post a whole bunch. Um, it's probably just going to be, Hey, there's a new episode up and there'll be some images somehow associated with the new episode of the podcast. And that'll be probably it. So just, it's not going to be like a lot of shit in your feed or anything like that. Um, so yeah, that's it for me for today. And I will be back in two weeks with my mom for another movie review. Bye.